as I go into this message, we, this is the third part of this message, that's living according to the Spirit. Living according to the Spirit. Or walking according to the Spirit. To live according to the Spirit will bring life to you. That doesn't mean you don't live as a human being, but you live pursuing after spiritual things. Just looking at the scriptures, making yourself available to God so that the word of God can be spoken over your life and the word of God will cleanse you. The word of God will empower you to do God's will. You may not even be aware that your life is being changed. That happened to me when I got saved. I didn't realize my life was being changed as I presented myself before God's word with every opportunity that I have. It's been a practice of mine. I will be in Sunday school regardless. That's just me. And it's been very helpful. You gain understanding and your life begins to change. You know, in Psalm 126, it's a scripture about God's blessings upon his people. How he restored their fortunes. And it starts by saying, in the word of God, when the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those that dream. It's like a dream. What is that scripture is saying? And I'm going to stay with that scripture. What that scripture is saying is this. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. They were in captivity, but God restored them. And brought them to prominence. They, everybody saw it. We were like those who dreamed. Then they said, then our mouth was filled with laughter. We couldn't believe what God has done. That's your portion here in Jesus' name. They couldn't believe it. And our tongues were singing. And God did it in a way so that, and that's the way God is. If there's nothing that you get, understand that God wants to bless you so that your neighbor who doesn't serve him will see that he's blessing you. That they'll see that he's taking care of you and your children and everything around you. God blessed them to the point that the nations noticed. They said, then they said, among the nations, God has done great things for them. They were outside looking at what God has done for them. And they said, God has done great things for them. Not just one nation, the nations were talking about it. And that's exactly what God wants to do for your life. So that people can look into your life and think we make our God too small. So that God can do a thing in your life. And when people turn around after a year, a few years, and they look at what God has done, They'll say, looking from the outside, God has done great things for them. And then you can confirm it. Yes, he has done great things for us. And we are glad. We are glad. But then the scripture goes back, goes forward and says, bring forth, the, bring back our captivity, O Lord. In other words, restore our fortunes. Our fortunes, O oh Lord, as the streams in the south. 
Now, some of us have watched National Geographic. You know what that is. All these animals are, you know, flourishing in a particular place. And it's water, stream, everything is going well. And then the dry season comes, right? That was the thing. He says, bring back our fortunes in the same way as you do it in the streams of the south. But then comes the point. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. If you don't sow, you can't reap. You're asking for fortune from God, for God to restore your fortune so that the nations will see. But you have to sow. And sowing sometimes will call for tears. It's painful. Waking up to pray, going to, to, to Bible study, sharing, giving, all of these things. That's sowing, believing, trusting God. Against everything that's happening to you, it's painful. And people are telling you things against your life. What's going on? You've been in this and you feel discouraged, but you keep sowing. You sow in tears and you reap in joy. That's what joy means. Shouts of joy. Those who sow in tears will reap with shouts of joy. And then he says, he who continually goes forth, weeping, not sometimes, but continually, you're not stopping, you're continually going forth, weeping, bearing seed for sowing. Shall doubtless come again shall doubtless come again with shouts of joy or with rejoicing, bringing sheaves and seeds within it. Many times we're sowing, we're talking about God blessing and bringing us the showers of blessing. The, 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 when it says in the scriptures there, restore our fortunes, O Lord, as the streams of the Negev in the south, as God gives them rain, showers, so that the, 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 uh, the life uh, forms in that place can flourish. Even so, do the same for us. But you get to sow. And you get to sow continually. He who continually goes forth. That's what Dick talked about today. You don't quit because things are getting bad. You still maintain your situation, your, your heart with God. Even though things are not working out well, you stay with God. And you're trusting Him. When you don't do that, your faith is not there. You have no faith in God. If you have faith, you stay focused. If you don't believe this word, you quit. You only act when things are okay. But if you have faith in God... You continue. And so those, he who continually goes forth, weeping, every time is painful, but you're not quitting. Just like Dick said this morning. You will doubtless, no doubt about it, you will come again 
with shouts of joy, bringing your sheaves with you. Amen? That's the way God is. These are principles. And you cannot actually flow with this unless you are living according to the Spirit. If you are living according to the flesh, you quit every time. When things get bad, you quit. When you are tested a little, you quit. Because you are walking according to the flesh. And if you walk according to the flesh, things will die in your life. <laughs> but if you walk according to the Spirit, you come back alive. Things will come alive in your life. Now, this message is designed to help you understand how you can walk constantly, continually in the Spirit. <laughs> because Jesus said, the flesh is weak. The Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. I need the willing Spirit to energize the flesh, to make the flesh also willing. Otherwise you will quit. It's not of him who runs. <laughs> you can run as fast as you want. God doesn't work with that. It goes by his grace and his grace alone. And his grace all comes through his spirit. When you set your mind on the things of the spirit. And things begin to come alive in your life. Unusual things will begin to happen in your life. Things that cannot be explained. <laughs> we call them miracles. <laughs> Signs. When you focus on living for God, and no matter what anybody says, you focus on the Word, and you're going to do what God says. Whether they come, they don't come, it doesn't matter to you. Whether it's just a few, you are going to do what God has called you to do. You focus on the scripture and you stay with it and you're strong. God will build you up. God will build you up. He'll make you a showcase. Those, when he says, our mouth shall be filled with laughter, those who are speaking against you, they will join you to rejoice. Amen. Your fools will become part of your life and act like they didn't say anything against you before. But you can forgive them because you got the grace of God and accept them. Amen? And then God begins to pour upon their lives as well. This is so wonderful. But you really cannot live according to the Spirit without the Spirit. How can you live according to the Spirit, without the Spirit. You need the Spirit to be able to live according to the Spirit. You know, when Jesus rose from the dead, He started talking to His disciples. He appeared with them, to them for about 40 days. And then He began to talk to them. He said, I don't want you to leave Jerusalem. I want you to stay here until you receive the promise of the Father. The Holy Spirit was 
the promise of the Father. Jesus was very clear. He spoke about that to them because he said, if I don't go, he won't come. And if he doesn't come, if he, if he won't come, if he doesn't arrive, then you'd have nothing. I need to go. It's better for you if I go. Because if I don't go, this spirit will not come. And you will continue to walk according to the flesh. And then you'll die. You get it? You need the spirit of God. So Jesus said, stay here in Jerusalem until you receive the promise of the Father. And in Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14, he says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Heaven become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangs on the tree. That the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ. That's not the end. That we might receive the promise of what? The Spirit. You cannot have the blessings of Abraham without the promise of the Spirit. They go together. You cannot access the blessing of Abraham without the Spirit. You cannot really get up there with God and really know God without the Spirit. You need the Spirit to help you position yourself for the showers of blessings to come upon your life. But what you see, Christians just want to live without the Spirit. Some of them are even afraid of the Spirit. They just want to be natural. <laughs> but the Bible says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. The wind blows. You hear the sound of it. You don't know where it's coming from and you don't know where it's going. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. You are a mystery to the world. They can't figure you out because of the one that's living inside of you. We make our God too small. That's what it is. We're looking at our own resources and we are not trusting God and living according to the Spirit. So you need the Spirit. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus said, beginning from verse 7, He says, It is not for you to know the times and the seasons that the Father has set in His own power. Many times when I watch television and these guys are predicting uh, when Jesus is going to return, and, and Iraq is uh, Babylon and all of that. Uh, I, I, when I get tired, I just change the channel because it's stupid. It is not for you to know the times and the season that the Father has set in his own power. Because the disciples, they were ready to go. We bring the world to an end right now and make you king. Jesus, <laughs> oh, not, that's not your business. Okay. He says, but you shall receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes come upon you. 
And then you will be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the world. That's what the scripture is. There is power when you receive the Holy Spirit. I don't care what anybody says. There is power. He didn't say you shall receive tongues. No. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. There is power when you receive the Holy Spirit. This is the power to be obedient to the gospel and to do the will of God. When you receive the Holy Spirit, God gives you some great understanding of what the gospel is all about. And then you can obey the gospel and do the will of God. This is the power to be able to hear the voice of God and know that God is speaking to you. Amen? This is that power to receive God's word so that you can do his will. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. This is the power for you to be able to hear his voice and to be led by his Spirit. Because if you are not led by his Spirit, you are not his. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the, these are the sons of God. So you have to be led. How can you be led without the Spirit in your life? You don't have the power. The power only comes after you have received the Spirit of God. That's the power that brings revelation from God. The Spirit of God that teaches us things about God. We shouldn't be afraid of it. We shouldn't be afraid of receiving the Holy Spirit. We should go after it. If you have not been filled with the Holy Spirit, go after it. Tell God, today is my day. If you have been waiting for so many years as a Christian, you have been deceived. You need to wake up. Jesus died to take away the curse, bring you into Abraham's blessings, and give you the spirit that's going to help you to interpret his will. So you know what belongs to you. You need the spirit to know what belongs to you. You are just a human being. How can you know what the spirit wrote? And understand it. You need the spirit to be able to understand what the spirit is saying. To know what God's mind is. And that's what Jesus died to make available to us. So we can have that on our lives. And it opens us up. To the mind of Christ and what God is saying. You know, Charles and Francis, this is so much power that comes through the baptism of the Holy Spirit when you receive the Holy Spirit. Charles and Francis Hunter, great healing ministers all over the world they're known. They started up after they got saved. They read, you, you know, these signs follow them that believe. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And they went out. They were praying for the sick. And got very little result, they said. And they struggled because of their upbringing. They struggled with this thing 
called tongues and baptism in the Holy Spirit. Finally, they yielded to it as God gave them and led them into it. And they said, right after that, <laughs> increase in the number of healings in their meetings. The power to do signs and wonders. You have to have the Holy Spirit. You have to. There was a dramatic change in their ministry. They'll tell you that they even have a book written on it. After they received the Holy Spirit, everything changed. Now the world now know that these old folks, they didn't start off Christianity young. They were, it was later in their lives. And in that short time, they became known around the world. After they embraced the Holy Spirit. If you live according to the Spirit, you really live. Amen? If you live according to the flesh, you die. Every Christian has that privilege. You choose where you want to go. When the Holy Spirit is on you and you fully understand it, your life changes. Fear lives. Because God has not given us the spirit of fear, of bondage again to fear, but He's given us that spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. That's the scripture. That's the scripture. And then somebody says, Well, uh, Pastor, that's good, but I know some people who are believers. Uh, that they have received the Holy Spirit and they are as flaky as the rest of us. So, here, Pastor, you want me to give you their names? I'll let you. I have many of them. I'll tell you. They talk in tongues. They, they've received the Holy Spirit. But boy, they're just like the rest of us. There's nothing supernatural in their lives. They, they're just ordinary. So, this is your tongue stuff and baptism. Pastor, please. <laughs> you know why? Those that have received the Holy Spirit and they've not seen anything supernatural in their life, the reason for that is they have not discovered the power of tongues. They haven't. If there is any revelation that God will help me to convey to you as a church, this is number one. I'm sure Pastor Roy, may not, he won't be offended by this, but he told me, I heard you speak these years ago. I took that on, and my life has never been the same. The reason you don't have anything supernatural, no confidence, you say stupid things out of your mouth when things are not bad, I mean when things are bad, uh, 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 you don't know the power of the Spirit. You don't know the power of tongues. You don't know what you have. The day years ago in Georgia when I discovered and Satan fought me hard so that I received the Spirit, the baptism in 1975, and quit speaking in tongues because Satan was able to convince me that that tongues wasn't of God. 
Don't laugh because he's done the same thing to some of you. Uh-huh. I quit. And then I discovered. And I told God, hey, I'm going to do this. I started praying in tongues for the most part. Sometimes, most of the time, at least one hour every day. Every day. My life was transformed. I opened the scriptures. I will understand, great understanding. I don't have to go to anybody. I just understand these things. And if I want to remember it, I can. It, it just comes. No effort. It just comes. I loved it. I started speaking in tongues. I remember once, you know, my friend back home, he didn't, they believed that they received the Holy Spirit. And in church, you shouldn't be speaking too much in church, you know. <laughs> you shouldn't be doing that. I don't, I, when I speak in tongues in church, I just do it by myself real quietly here. I don't, I'm not the kind of preacher that preaches and then speak in tongues and go back. Nothing wrong with that. I just don't do that. I do my speaking in the private with God. I remember when I got back home after I got the revelation. I got back home and in, in, back in, in my country when we received, we only spoke in tongues when we felt emotionally stimulated during service. And then when we feel, pardon me now, when we feel emotionally stimulated, the music sounds good, we go, and then you stop and you say, today was a very good service. Because I was able to speak in tongues a little. So when I went back home, I was praying with my pastor friend. I was in a pastor then. They didn't believe you can just pray in tongues like that. You have to be moved. And if you can just pray in tongues like that without stopping, this is not God. So we knelt down to pray. He says, brother, I have problems. You pray with me. I said, oh, I'll pray with you. And he gave me the problem. I didn't know what to say. So I started praying in tongues. And then all of a sudden, I realized he was casting out devils and binding. And then I turned around and looked. I said, oh, boy, I think he thinks I'm possessed and I can't stop speaking in tongues. So he's going to cast this spirit out. I laughed within me and I said, you're going to lose your voice today casting this thing out because I'm not going to quit speaking in tongues. The more he cast out spirits, the louder I got in tongues. (laughs) Finally, he gave up. He said, Brother Goodluck, I noticed you just speaking in tongues. Why are you doing that? I I said, Pastor, I'm glad you asked. Okay? Let me take you to Romans chapter 8, verse 26. I said, it says, likewise, the Spirit helps our infirmities. For we do not know what to pray for. Not we do not know how to pray. We know how to pray. We just don't know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit Himself, He makes intercession for us. Pastor's eyes got open. Don't tell me a member can teach Pastor something, okay? <laughs> and He started doing it. This is the power for signs and wonders in your life. God will use you. God will use anybody. If you are willing to commit to continually go forth with pain, 
bearing seed for sowing. Amen. Do without less. Come again with shouts of joy. Bring in your sheaves this way. Amen. We need to do that. You need, if, you don't, if you haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit, ask. Jesus said in Luke chapter 11, and I'm getting out of my notes. Luke chapter 11, beginning from verse 9, he says, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who asks, receives. If you knock, the door will be opened. If you seek, you'll find. And then he went further. Further, he started saying to them, you fathers, you take good care of your children. And in verse 13, he said very clearly there, how much more shall your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? And you just thought, now I'm a Christian. Let God do what he wants to do with me. Uh-uh, it don't work that way. You got to ask. You got to ask. Amen? Ask. And if you are afraid of the Spirit of God, there's one thing that's clear. There is still demonic bondage in your life. No doubt. If you are afraid to ask God, especially after you've checked the scriptures, if you are afraid to ask God, you are still in bondage. Because we did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. We receive the spirit of adoption whereby we cry to God, Abba, Father. And the Spirit himself, he bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. There's nothing great, greater than when you are calling on God and the Spirit of God speaks back to you, yes, son. I like it when God talks to me and he says, son, you don't know this. This is what it is. I like what he's showing me, but I like the word I hear. Son, I belong to him. I know where I'm going. I'm his child. He calls me son. Amen? And that will only come when the spirit is in you. My sheep hear my voice. If you are his sheep, you will hear his voice. The disciples, and I'm going to close with this. I have a lot to say in this. But I'm going to close with this. When the disciples heard the command of Jesus, and you can read in, in Acts chapter 1 verse 2, Jesus actually commanded them to go and wait for this. It was a command. They had no option. They took it to heart. And they were serious about it. Let me read this scripture to you. In Acts chapter 8, verse 14, Philip had gone to Samaria and preached the gospel. And a lot of signs and wonders were done. People were healed and all of that. And then he baptized them. And then the word went back to Jerusalem where Peter, John, and the others were, James, the brother of Jesus, they were back in Jerusalem. And it says this from verse 14. Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard 
that Samaria had received the word of God, meaning they had been saved, they sent Peter and John to them. Immediately, they sent Peter and John to them to do something. So Peter and John were the chief apostles in Jerusalem. But when they heard Samaria has also received the gospel, they released their leaders, the two chief leaders. You guys can go. Go and be with them. They need you at this stage. For what purpose? In verse 15, it says, Who, when they had come down, prayed for them, that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Meaning they, have, they had already been saved, but they needed prayer so that they can receive the Holy Spirit. Just because you have been saved doesn't mean you have received the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, this scripture doesn't make sense. Now, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet, as yet, he had fallen upon none of them, meaning the Holy Spirit hadn't come upon them, even though they were Christians. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They had been baptized in water, meaning they've been saved. But they still needed to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the disciples, the apostles figure, this is so important. Go and get, be with them so that they can receive this gift. So that their experience with God will be complete. Send them up for their work. Amen? Don't be afraid. This is a gift God has, has for you. I'm going to read another scripture. In Acts chapter 19, verse 1 through 7. It says, and it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Good question. That means you can receive Christ, be saved, and not receive the Holy Spirit. He knew they were disciples. They were called disciples before they were called Christians. And yet he asked them this question, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe? If you have no way of knowing, how do you answer yes or no? You should know if you are. You should. I mean, we're talking what is written in the scripture. Not what man teaches. But what God and the Holy Ghost is teaching. I'm doing this so that you can have yourself prepared to position yourself for the showers of blessing that's coming upon your life. He's going to come. Can I hear an amen? He's going to come. But we need to do what God has called us. We need to sow. Amen? Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. They said, Holy Spirit, we've never heard that word before. So, Paul asked them, into what then were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism. Paul, how were you baptized then? They said, John's baptism. Because they said, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. How come? Because if you were baptized the way Jesus said to be baptized, they should have baptized you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. 
And here you are saying, you are believers, but you say, we don't even know if there is a Holy Spirit. How will you baptize? Paul said in verse 3, into what then were you baptized? They said, into John's baptism. And Paul explained to them, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance. You repent, he baptized you. Dipping water. Saying the people that saying to the people that they should believe on him who will come and uh, come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When you baptize a person, would you touch him? When you baptize somebody, are you gonna touch him or you just let him dunk himself? He says, now I'm baptized. That's how it works. I have a point. There's a reason why I'm saying this. He says, when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now the men were about 12 in all. Okay? <laughs> My point is, he, when he baptized them, he laid his hands on them, right? They couldn't be baptized without him laying his hands on them. But after baptizing them, then he laid his hands on them again for a different purpose, right? For them to receive the Holy Spirit. That was what Paul was doing. Paul was a man just like you and I. He laid his hands on them, waiting for the Holy Spirit to come on them. And when they started speaking in tongues and prophesying, he knew his job was done. And the Bible tells us they were about 12. All of them spoke in tongues. We are not told that one of them was just standing and watching and said, what's going on? How come they're talking funny? (laughs) They all spoke in tongues. In Cornelius' home, Acts chapter 10, they all spoke in tongues. Acts chapter 2, 120, all of them spoke in tongues. I believe God was demonstrating every one of his child can speak in tongues if they want to. It's your decision. You shouldn't be afraid of it. I remember casting out a devil from a, dim, uh, from a, uh, from a girl. And I spoke in tongues. Uh, and she jammed her fingers into her ear. She almost destroyed her ear. She didn't want to hear it. I knew, if whenever you see Pastor Paul, he'll tell you the story. Pastor Paul had received the Holy Spirit, but at, 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 I guess he thought when you receive the Holy Spirit, and the Bible talks about power, you'll feel the power all over you and your teeth and everything. I don't know what he was thinking. <laughs> but... He wasn't sure, even though he spoke in tongues, and I heard him, and I knew he had the Holy Spirit. But this day, as I spoke in tongues, this girl just, just put her fingers, and she was trying to get away. She was trying to get under the, the, the uh, sofa, everything, to get away from me. And I stopped speaking in tongues because my purpose was not speaking in tongues. I wanted that devil out. When Paul, Pastor Paul saw that, he started speaking in tongues so loud, and the girl was going crazy. And I was watching, Pastor Paul, what's the matter with you? Uh, you're tormenting this girl. Quit this tongue thing. And later I said, Pastor Paul, why are you doing that, Paul? He said, well, you know, 
Brother Goodluck first. We come, Brother Goodluck. That's the first time I really knew that that was <laughs> the Holy Spirit. I've been speaking in tongues, but I had this doubt. This day, when that girl reacted to you, I decided it was time for me to test mine. <laughs> and it did. It worked for him. Since then, he's been casting out devils. Amen. It's a very powerful tool for the believer. But Satan doesn't want you to know about it. And if you know about it, he doesn't want you to go for it. He wants to keep you there so that you cannot hear the voice of God and God cannot walk in you. But that's not going to be at the ark of it. Amen? Everyone is going to rise. Amen? Everyone is going to do great things. We are going to spread around the world. We are going to spread around the United States. God is going to raise great ministers in the ark. And we are going to do the will of God. Can I hear an amen? Well, praise the Lord. Today, if you haven't received, you haven't spoken in tongues, or you spoke in tongues and didn't, wasn't sure about what you, had, what you had, just like Pastor Paul, you can come up here today. We'll help you. <laughs> we'll help you to receive. And tomorrow evening, I'm going to be here. Sometimes people want one-to-one. This is so important to me. Tomorrow evening, I'm going to be here in the church here. If you want me to talk to you and pray with you personally, I will do this. Because of him. Amen? Because I want what God has for you. But you have to make up your mind you want. And he's watching to see what you have. The Bible says, Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. If you thirst after this, God will give you. And your life is going to be transformed. Amen? Stand up with me this morning. Oh, boy. (laughs) Thank you. Those helping with communion, please come up. (laughs) I'm going to confess that I was so excited about this communion. (laughs) 